KYW News Radio Original Podcasts. It's just a good conversation with somebody that you didn't know you were interested in. I'm Matt Leon, and this is One on One. You know, success again for me now is, yeah, we want to win a lot of games, but what's most important for me is that my girls build relationships, build character, that when they leave here, they have the best friendships. Because win a national championship or not, you're going to remember your, your teammates. You're going to remember relationships that you built. And our guest this week is Mark Burtwistle. He is one of the top volleyball coaches going, has enjoyed incredible success at Division Three Eastern University. And Mark, thanks so much for taking the time. Yeah, I appreciate it. Thank you. So as we're recording this uh, mid-January, kind of what is life for you right now? What's at the top of the list of things you're focusing on? Is this a big recruiting time? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, this time of the year is recruiting. Uh, we're out almost every weekend uh, trying to find uh, kids both next year and years to come. And uh, and then in another month or so, then our girls start to get in the gym and start working on the spring season. How much has the calendar changed since you started at Eastern? You know, you started in 1990. Is it much more of a 12 month a year thing now than it was when you started? Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, in 1990, when I first came out of college and trying to figure the whole thing out, you know, I didn't even know what recruiting was. So I probably uh, uh, should have done better coming out of school. But yeah, absolutely. I mean, it is, it's year round now. I mean, it's uh, it's 12 months out of the year, even summertime. You know, there, there are recruiting events and, and then summer camps and, you know, inviting kids to to, uh, to Eastern. And, and yeah, it's full time now for sure. And how about just overall for the program? You mentioned the kids coming in. Is there much more when the kids are in school, they're doing something for the most part at all times with a, an eye towards the season? Absolutely. Yeah. I'm, I mean, the, the, the season is, um, you know, August through November. You know, they get a little bit of downtime before Christmas break. And then, yeah, coming back in January, they're they're off into the weight room. And and like I said, we're, you know, at T3, we're only allowed a certain amount of time in the gym, but we use that time as well. So, yeah, and then summertime, they're also there with their the athletic trainer and uh, strength conditioning coaches and, and, and getting some stuff done during the summertime as well. So let's talk a little bit about your journey growing up. What were your interest with regards to sports what were you playing was volleyball a piece of the puzzle or was it not a sport you were familiar with but as a kid yeah it wasn't at all um you know I grew up playing uh soccer was my was my big sport of course I love playing basketball and a little bit of baseball but those you know soccer and basketball were really my two biggest sports and played those all the way through uh through high school didn't play volleyball at all until college until I was a sophomore in college um, I started playing with the men's club team there and, and loved the game, loved the competitiveness of it, and then kind of moved on from there. You went to Messiah for college, correct? I did. So what was the impetus that got you started in that club? Was it a buddy said, hey, we need somebody or you probably like this? Uh, did you just stumble in the gym one day and give it a try? Like how did how did it come about? Yeah, um, yeah, I played soccer for Messiah, so I was I was full into playing a, a varsity sport and had a really good uh, experience playing with uh, with a lot of talented guys there at Messiah and had a, had a good career playing soccer. But yeah, a couple of buddies of mine were just volleyball players. They they played on the club team. Um, they knew I enjoyed sports and loved being athletic and invited me out. And um, yeah, I picked up on it right away and and played two years there with the club team. I uh, ended up doing my uh, internship here at Eastern my senior year, so I didn't play my senior uh, spring year. Do you start looking at the game as a coach 
right away. I don't mean like the first time, but after a few times, do you notice yourself looking at it more strategically than just this is competitive, this is fun? I wouldn't say at the beginning, no. Um, Adam Masai, I thought I was going to come here to Eastern to actually help with the soccer program. I knew the AD. He was the head soccer coach here. I did my internship here. I felt you know, fully confident that I was coming here to, to, to be a, an assistant soccer coach and get into the soccer world. And I just started playing. And then after college, I was playing in USA and, and playing in men's uh, um, USA volleyball and just really got hooked. That year after I graduated, uh, the volleyball position opened up and and the AD asked me if I wanted to coach volleyball. So I really didn't think of it in terms of coaching for a while. Again, I love the competitiveness of it. I love the the game and how it works and the strategies that, that you can uh, uh, can figure out. But I didn't I didn't figure that out for a while, maybe a couple of years into it. And then again, I didn't know anything about recruiting. So it took me a few years to figure out, you know, hey, I need some more players on my team. Um, then I need to figure out how to how to coach them. Um, going from a player to a coach is a big difference. So it's my job to teach them how to play and how to enjoy the game, and that's that's how I, I needed to learn how to do that. So you take over Eastern Volleyball in 1990. Where do you start? First day, did did you know what you didn't know? Like where were you? You were starting almost from kind of ground zero, weren't you? I had no idea. It's funny. I, I do keep a lot of my practices and things like that from years past. And, you know, we're, we're literally standing in, in triangles, passing a ball around. <laughs> so, I mean, I really, I didn't know. I, I didn't know what I didn't know, right. Is what you said. I, I didn't know that there were rotations and how to put defenses together and, and to create an offense and who's doing what I, I played it. So I under, I, I understood the game. I understood how, how it worked, but. I certainly did not know how to tell someone else how to transition or how to, you know, use footwork patterns or how to do those types of things. I just did it. I was naturally gifted as an athlete. So I just did those things. I didn't understand. And then eventually I said, hey, I need to I need to learn how to teach people how to do this. So how'd you do that? What was the next step once you made that realization? Yeah, I mean, I got involved in uh, USA coaching uh, accreditation programs. I, I asked a ton of questions. I would try to get myself around people who... Uh, who knew what volleyball was and how to coach it. Yeah, that USA CAT program was really the first introduction for me to get involved in learning how to coach and learning how to process the game as a coach and teach it. You know, and then I mean, I've continued to do those things. Uh, even now, 30 years into it, I still love going to different uh, coaching clinics and uh, things like that to learn and pick people's brains and just ask a lot of questions. You talked about, you know, you were being athletic. So a lot of the stuff you just did, you know, you knew how to do because you were a high level athlete. How hard was it when you're switching to a coach? Because I would imagine and I ask a lot of people this question. There is stuff that just comes natural to you where you pick up right away that you don't maybe appreciate how difficult it can be. Was it hard when you put the coaching hat on? To have the patience with a kid who can't grasp or do something that you do easily, because I imagine there'd be some frustration. Just do it. You just do this. Why can't you just do that? Is that something you had to work through as a coach? Absolutely. And I catch myself even today saying, you know, just do it. Just this is it's it's not that hard. And and uh, that's I think that's the biggest thing. I think that's one of the biggest things in coaching, um, because uh, I mean, a lot of coaches have had the opportunity to play. Not all of them, but it is a it is a difficult task to switch hats and say it's my job to teach them how to do this correctly. And if they're not, it's my fault. Right. I mean, I feel like it's my it's my responsibility. So I have to figure out ways to teach them 
and it might be different for different people, right? Different different um, phrases, different things connect with different people, and it's my job to figure that out. So, um, yeah, it's very it, it is difficult. Um, it's it's something that uh, sometimes seems uh, very easy, but it's important for me to break it down so each one of my players understands what my expectation is of them and and how they can uh, uh, get that done the most efficient way. So when you came on board at, at 1990, you basically started the program. As I understand it, they had had some women's volleyball in the past, but it kind of start, it had stopped and then it started up again in 91. Am I correct? Yeah, they had a program. Again, um, Cynthia Weesey, I think, was the coach before me. I think they had the program a number of years. I, you know, we played back in the day in NAIA. Eastern was NAIA, and they also were in National Christian College Athletic Association. So um, we weren't in the NCAA until the, okay. until the early 90s. Uh, 90, I guess I want to say 93, 94, 95, something like that. We finally moved into the NCAA D3. But there was a program here. We, we played very locally and very, um, you know, teams around us. So eventually, yeah, we, we moved into the NCAA and we kind of obviously we built the progress. We started broadening out our schedule and starting playing more people. So what you talked about, you didn't recruiting was completely far into you. Like, how did you start with that? Did you just go to some local, watch some local high school matches? How did you start? Yeah. So again, there were some really great coaches here at Eastern when, when I got here. Coach Nate Ware was the, the men's basketball uh, coach, uh, legend in his own right here and involved in so many of the Philadelphia programs. But so I got to talk to him about recruiting, what was it about and and uh, how to start working. I mean, it really, for me, I, I got involved in the local club volleyball scene. So I started coaching, met a couple of uh, coaching mentors in that uh, arena, Ed Mayer and, and, and George Chabosh and we kind of coached together and kind of started learning again how to coach. Um, but also, you know, I was now surrounded by all these high school players and were able to eventually start getting some of those players to come to Eastern um, and then started building really through that whole club scene was really how it worked. But again, just talking to the, to the great coaches that were here at Eastern and asking them how, how it works and, st- you know, start building the roster. Were you ever feeling overwhelmed in those early years? Because I would imagine in addition to there's just so many things that you don't realize fall under the umbrella of a head coach. And, you know, you were incredibly young for the start of your career. Do you remember those first few years just having days like, oh, my goodness, I can't. I just can't. There's just too much. My third year, we, I started off I started off actually having some good players. I had some really good players. My, my first couple of years, we actually um, – we were above 500. I want to say we were like 15 and eight or something my first couple of years. The second year, we actually went to the NCCAA, Christian College Athletic Association National Tournament. We were one of the eight teams that actually made that tournament. We got killed. Uh, but actually, was that was actually the, the tournament that one of the other coaches came up to me and said, hey, you got to get involved in that USA CAT program. You got to start learning because... Again, I mean, it probably was glaringly, obviously, that I didn't know what I was doing. So I thought that was a, a unique experience that another coach would come up to me and say, hey, this is this is how you do it. This is what you know you need to do. My third year, we were three and 19. And I said, uh, you know, I never want to do that again. So <laughs> I needed to figure something out. So I think that might have been when I was like, hey, if I'm going to do this, I need to start figuring something out. I need to yeah, get involved in the club scene. I need to start getting to this cap program. I need to start 
talking to coaches. And uh, my fourth year, again, we finally started getting some of those kids from the club program. And then, uh, you know, the program kind of started, you know, getting some legs. So, but again, I I didn't know what I didn't know. So honestly, I, I didn't, ever really feel overwhelmed after three and 19 I said to myself I didn't want to do that again because of my competitiveness and because of my just you know drive to make this uh, program work but I just felt like I wanted to keep learning I wanted to keep figuring things out I wanted to get better and better I wanted to you know, try to keep uh, figuring out how to beat teams and how to get better as a coach and how to get my players better as players. So I just loved that process. So I didn't know that all the other things that, you know, you have to do in, in a program that I needed to, but eventually I did, you know, and I started thinking, hey, if I did this, if I did that, and and those are the ways that I'm going to get better. And my kids got to get in the weight room and I got to get, I got to go to another clinic and I got all those things. So I never felt overwhelmed. I just wanted to get better. Do you remember the first time as a coach when something you specifically did tactically or personnel wise really worked? Was there a an aha moment when, you know, you talk about going to all these clinics and after those first couple of years, is there a memory that that steps out that was a a really good coaching mover decision that kind of helped push you along that okay, we're going to be able to do this and it's going to be fun. I don't know if there was anything real specific early. I remember the process of getting a little bit better and finally making uh, the postseason and losing and then making the postseason and winning the first round and then making the postseason and winning two rounds, right? So I just felt like we were getting a little bit better every time. And then we finally won a conference championship. I think that was 97 was our first one. And the same process then started from there. So then we made the NCAA tournament and we lost. Right. Then the next year we won the conference and we went two rounds into the tournament and lost. And then, you know what I mean? So that process of keep, hey, we're, you know, let's slowly keep getting better. Obviously, we we started to put in, you know, systems that I thought were beginning to work, putting personnel in, in places that made them most efficient. But I don't know if there was anything really, anything that really, really stuck out. I, I just remember that process of, Every year we were just going a little bit farther, a little bit farther, a little bit farther. And that was an exciting process for me. I love I love that opportunity. How would you describe what you're looking for in an Eastern volleyball player? When you start a recruiting season, what are kind of the the boxes that regardless of where they're going to play on the floor, regardless of the role they're going to have on your team, but what are the boxes absolutely that have to be checked for them to kind of make the cut to be somebody you really pursue? Yeah, now you're now you're getting into a little bit of our philo- my philosophy, right? My philosophy and Eastern's philosophy that I've had for years and years and years. Our cornerstones are love the game and love each other, and that's um, important to us. I think both are equally equally as important. So the kids that we look at have a passion for the game. I, I love going into the gym and just watching kids who love playing, and and you can just tell by their attitude and their when they when they stand in a huddle and they're looking at their coach. You know, their eyes, are they are they into the game or they're kind of walking around getting a drink of water and talking to the fans, you know, whatever. Um, they love playing. They love the energy of the game. So that's one of the first intangibles that's that's that I look for. And it certainly love each other is it goes beyond. Sometimes you don't see that when we walk into a recruiting gym. You might not see the relationships at that much, but 
you can see how kids react to their teammates on on the floor. You can see how they react to their coaches in a timeout or when the coach is instructing them, whether it's good, you know, good or bad. Um, you can see how kids relate to their parents once you know, the game is over and 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 they um, you know now they're kind of over with their parents or other players. So that takes a little bit more uh, vetting and in, in the process of, of learning that. But those, you know, um, cer- certainly there's physical attributes. Right. If we're looking for certain positions, we're going to look specifically for setters. We're looking specifically for middle hitters, for DSs. And certainly they have to have a, a physicality to them that we that we want. But I think the first thing for us when you start communicating with kids, do they have a respect and a passion for the game or do they just play? You know, a lot of kids just play. Do they want to get better? Do they want to go to the next level? Do they want to get to the next level and get better at the next level? Some kids just want to go to college. Some kids just want to play. Um, so I, I think I think those things are super important to me as, you know, as we go out and we start looking at, because there's so many kids now that play. You know, we walk into these national tournaments and there are 120 courts that have, you know, four teams on each court. I mean, there are hundreds and hundreds of, of volleyball players. So, yeah, how do they communicate with us? is important just watching how they play and compete with each other. Um, and then, yeah. And then the process begins. Now we start communicating or they do they communicate back and forth. <laughs> do they, um, you know, are they excited about the things and getting to the next level? So, but yeah, there's certainly a physicality to those things too. Yeah. Is there a position that is the hardest to recruit, you know, in certain sports, football, trying to find elite tackles and obviously quarterback. And is there a position in volleyball that is that if you find an elite kid at that position you really need to try to make it work because it's the hardest to to find yeah i've always leaned towards that position being the center the best teams that i've had here at eastern have had remarkable setters both in their talent and as people they you know they are the quarterback they are the person that runs they they touch the ball on every single play so they have to have an idea of what's going on a more a, a mentality that understands the game whereas maybe some other positions is just about being physical setters have to make a ton of decisions they have to make a lot of decisions very very quickly so just like quarterbacks um and things like that point guards so uh, I always lean towards that setter. And if you can find a really, really good setter, I think um, that's where your program kind of starts and can kind of take off and build around them. We need to take a break. We will have more with Eastern University head women's volleyball coach Mark Burt Whistle right after this. This is one on one. And we are back on one on one. Our guest this week, Eastern University head women's volleyball coach Mark Burt Whistle. You've had incredible success over the years. I'm curious. When did you start to feel like the program arrived? And I don't just mean like you have a good year, but where kind of Eastern volleyball was a thing and it was recognized outside kind of the bubble of the of the school. Uh, maybe you went to a clinic and somebody was kind of impressed that, oh, that's your program? Wow. Like, do you remember? Is there a moment where you, you kind of realized that you were just a little more than your everyday volleyball program? Yeah, going back to that process of getting better and better. I mean, we we were beginning to make the tournament year after year. Like we were winning conference championships. You know, we I want to say we won almost 12 in a row or something like that and then lost 
one and then won another 10 or 11 in a row. So so we were going to the tournament every year and that process of just getting to the next level to the next level. But once we started getting to the sweet 16 every year, you know, that's that's when you kind of felt like, you, you know, the program, the people are beginning to recognize that. I mean, people are asking us to come to their tournaments across the country. I mean, you're, you know, there's 400 and you know, 50 teams in NCAA Division Three, and, and when you're consistently kind of getting to that elite uh, Sweet 16 level, you know, I think other teams across the country begin to notice that, and they begin to kind of ask you to, hey, come to our tournaments and uh, those things, and we did, and we and we started trying to travel around and play some of those teams that we've never played before, and 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 we went, we were successful against you know those teams as well, so. I think at that point you start to think, hey, we're starting to make some inroads and we're starting to, you know, build some respect and some, you know, opportunities for Eastern volleyball. And yeah, I think that was really the the biggest process. How did it change that consistent success? I think it's one thing you have a great run and then maybe you're down a couple years and then another class comes through, you have a great run. But to maintain that, to win conference championships every year, to win in the NCAA tournament every year, like how does that change just kind of the fiber of things where it's not just a goal, it almost becomes an expectation and this is how it works here. And I would imagine with the kids you're bringing in, it starts to become kind of a, a self-fulfilling that, well, I don't want to be part of the team that doesn't do this. And if we're going to do it, we've got to get to here. Does it, it starts to be just become a part of the fabric of who you are No, It does. It does. You hope that that's true. I, I think we try to stay away from expectations. You know, we talk about every year is, is your year, your opportunity. Um, here are the things that we think are successful and have built success in the past, but Every year is different and for kids not to make that assumption of, well, it's just going one, it's just going to happen, or I don't want to be a part of that team that loses. Like we try to really stay away from those things and try to focus on, we say it all the time, focus on things that we can control, but focus on getting better. Um, that's it. Um, and and I think the fact that I have been here for so long, I think that helps certainly. I mean, again, our processes are our systems, our philosophies haven't changed. I've loved the majority of my coaching staff has been former players. So they also have understood, you know, me and Eastern Volleyball, EVB, and, and what we're about. So it was easily transferred to the next group. So I think that has a lot to do with it, me being here for so long and, 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 mo- and my staff mostly being our former players just understood what, you know, what the expectations were. Uh, you know, when our kids came into the program, they had good people to look look to and understand that this is this is how we do things this is this is this is the expectation of of how we're going to get things done in the gym and and things you know how we're going to build relationships you know outside of the gym when you come in I would imagine, I mean, you're 22, 23, 24 when you start. I don't think anybody's saying, oh, well, this is where I'm going to be for 30 years. But was there a conscious decision along the way at a certain point? Because I'm sure, you know, I don't want you to talk out of school, but I'm sure the phone rang when you start having some high level success and people at least gauging your interest if you want to move. Was there a a conscious decision that this is where I want to be? Or was it just one of those things where you kind of, I think a lot of people have been there. You wake up one day, you're like, wow, I've been here 15 years. Like, that's incredible. Like, how did it kind of fall for you? Yeah. um, Yeah. I had some opportunities for sure, but I love Eastern. I love the mission of Eastern. I love being a coach here. And trying to get our program farther and farther, right? So I, I knew, I knew NCAA Division Three. I knew the programs across the country. I, I knew I wanted to pursue that. Um, if I went somewhere else, 
you know, you would start all over again. And I know I wanted to be national. I wanted Eastern volleyball to be a nationally competitive program and play the best teams across the country. And to be quite honest, pursue a national championship. I mean, that's, that's what we want to do. So I know, and I know I could do it here. I mean, it's, it's sometimes you may look at some of the, of, of how it's going to be difficult. You know, Eastern's a tiny little, a tiny school. It's a faith-based school. So, you know, how do you recruit kids to, to this place? But those things, you know, our facilities, those things didn't bother me. It was just about trying to figure it out, trying to figure out, um, you know, how to keep taking one step forward um, and make our players love the game and love each other uh, and to pursue those things, pursue competitive greatness. Every day, and I love doing that. I love the I, I love the environment here. I love Eastern. My, my, I grew up here. I mean, my kids grew up here. <laughs> so it was it was a great place for me. I had no real passion to go elsewhere. I just wanted uh, Eastern volleyball to um, just to keep getting better and and um, you know keep leading our kids to to be great volleyball players and great people. We talked about all this consistent success, and you guys have won in the tournament. Twenty eleven, I think it was. You guys go to the to the final four. If I'm talking to you the summer leading into that 2011 season, are you telling me we've got a chance to do something special, or did that group? exceed expectations where were you heading into that 2011 season yeah 2008 we had a great class come in and when they came in we started talking about because we had already been to the sweet 16 that's our years prior to that we were getting first round second round third round is the sweet 16 you know we started talking about that championship weekend the elite eight and now you're there there's only eight teams so now we got to win a, a regional final um, so that started in 2008. I knew that we we started having some special kids in the gym. Again, led mostly by a by a really terrific setter, but also a terrific terrific person and teammate. So yeah, so 2008 we start playing nationally ranked teams. We start going around, start playing these, and we were successful. We were 31 and one in 2008 with that freshman group. So we started adding more, more nationally ranked teams. And yeah, by the time that they were going to enter their senior year in 2011, we we had a group that we thought could be competitive with anybody. We were small. We didn't have a big team, both in numbers and in height, but we had, we had players that we had talked about for four years about the process of getting better and what it was going to take. And we talked about the things that we needed to do on the court, in the weight room, we added the things that we felt were were necessary, and they bought in. I mean, that's the biggest thing. The kids bought in. They were like, "Yes, this is this is our goal. This is what we want to do. It's how are we going to do it, Coach." And they bought in, and it was it was really exciting. So the issue had always been there was this team on the other side of the state of Pennsylvania that we couldn't beat for years and years. We were oh, and whatever it was, 10, 11, 12, 13 times we couldn't beat them. And we're just trying to figure out. We got we played them every year. Who was it? It was Juniata College. Okay. Fantastic group led by Coach uh, Bach, Larry Bach at the time. Um, 2011, he left, and and Heather Tape took over the program. But I, I needed to learn that they, they were my our biggest rivalries. But to me, they were the people that that knew more than I did. They knew how to run a program at the national level, and that's what I wanted. So. I wanted to keep learning. I wanted to keep playing them. We kept getting beat and beat and beat, and we just we couldn't figure it out. So finally, in 2011, we played Junian in a regional final and, and win that game uh, to go to the Elite Eight. And it was a, a it was a process that took a long time, but it was a you know it was uh, it was a really 
a great opportunity to keep learning, keep showing our our players in our program that it's it's not it's not great, it's not home runs, it's singles, right? We keep we keep keep getting better every day, keep putting these processes in order, keep pursuing those things, and eventually those things will work out. So, yeah, we get to the regional final and actually win the first game against North Northwestern, I believe it was, and then run into the buzzsaw Wittenberg who won a national championship that year. But so we, yeah, we got really, really close to our goal. And, you know, we talk about competitive greatness being, being one of our, our core, you know, philosophies. And that's from John Wooden, we, we talk about it's, it's the love for the battle, love for the hard battle, knowing it offers you the opportunity to be your best when your best is required. So we took that as a kind of a theme and we just kind of said, Hey, number one, we got to have that real love for the battle. We know it's going to be hard. The process is hard. Um, you have to come to the gym every day and keep working and, and keep failing and, and try to get back to keep getting better. But in the long run, knowing that it, uh, you know, your best is required. And when, when the opportunity comes, can I be the best for my teammates? And we were, even though we lost, we didn't get to the national championship. You know, everything about that year was, was positive and, you know, achieved the things that we were trying to achieve. I'm just curious as a side note to that run, you talk about kind of the, the roadblock that Juniata was and you finally get over that. A lot of times that almost can feel like a championship. How hard was it? Or I shouldn't say hard because you had an elite team, but was it there any kind of challenge that to not kind of let that be too high a high because there was still work to do, if that makes sense, just because it wasn't just any high level victory. It was a high level victory combined with the fact that we finally beat this team that has just frustrated our program for so long. It was amazingly satisfying, but it didn't it didn't deter what our ultimate goal was. So no, no, we went to the term we went to the Elite Eight, had never been there before, and won our first round. I mean, the girls were I, I want to I can't remember exactly, but I, I don't know if it's three zero or three one. But we you know we had a really we played really really well and knew that knew that the process wasn't over. I mean, we, you know, we still wanted to keep keep winning, keep pursuing you know, that ultimate goal of playing a national championship. So it was rewarding. Uh, it was it was so hard to do. Uh, we were disappointed 10, 12, 13 times before that. But, you know, we wanted to keep pursuing that and, and, uh, and you know, our ultimate. You know, we knew we had to go through Juniata. We knew we had to go through there because they're in our region. So we knew that that was the first step in the process of getting to the national championship. So, no, I think our girls were very uh, excited about the next opportunity. What's the favorite part of what you do? Mm-hmm. You know, it's 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 interesting because it has changed because I've been here for so long. I mean, I get it. I think at first it was it was just about winning. It was just about that process of how how do I how do I win? Um, I wanted our girls to feel successful, but I think over the years you define success a little bit differently. You know, success again for me now is yeah, we we want to win a lot of games, but what's most important for me is that my girls build relationships, build character that when they leave here, they have the best friendships because win a national championship or not, you're gonna remember your your teammates, you're gonna remember relationships that you built. When I look back and even those players from that 11 team, they now have kids of their own and they come back to alumni. They came back. Actually, that team got honored into the, into the Hall of Honor this past August, uh, October. I mean, so so they all came back and they came back with their kids and the the friendships that they have, the relationships that they have, is almost or or equally as exciting to me to see them interact with each other and with their kids, and they can reminisce about Juniana and going to a Final Four, and that's exciting and it was awesome, but. 
to see relationships and families being built and those kids coming back to our alumni or coming back to just speak with my current team. I mean, those things are invaluable to me. Those are the things that I love. Let's talk about uh, the values that we have being grateful and being selfless as you're trying to pursue winning. Th- those things are, you know, super, super important to me now. I obviously want to keep winning volleyball games, but I love, you know, trying to get our girls to uh, to buy into relationships and, and character building and growing every day. Mark Burtwistle, thanks so much for taking the time. This was really fun. I appreciate it, Matt. Thanks. That will do it for this week's episode. Want to thank Mark Burtwistle, head women's volleyball coach at Division Three Eastern University, for being our guest this week. Now, if you like this show, want to do us a favor, if you listen on Apple Podcasts, leave us a rating and a review. You can follow the show on Twitter, at one pod You can follow me on Twitter as well, at MattLeon1060. Thanks so much for listening, and be sure to check us out again next week when we bring you another conversation with someone you should know more about.